Saskatchewan Cribs turns disaster into a score! Ugly, misformed little creature who has no purpose here, no meaning. I am a human being. Wash it down with one beer, two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey, a margarita, and a bloody Mary. And I said, Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both? Swung out and drill, deep right center, away back, gone for Tony. Irving and Curry, one on one. Irving puts it up. It's good. Kyrie Irving from downtown. Uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton. Awful. How is she awful? Hates freedom. And now, any given podcast with your hosts Brendan Ward and Ethan Simpson. Hello and welcome back to another great episode of Any Given Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Stephen Simpson. I'm here with Brendan Ward. And today we're talking about the Bubba Wallace incident that happened on Saturday or on Sunday night. My apologies. Brendan, the FBI was brought in through NASCAR to investigate it, that a noose was found inside of his garage stall at Talladega. They just came out today and said that it was already there from last year. It was just used to pull down the garage door to make it easier for the pit crew. Your thoughts? Uh, so he, so here's the thing, uh, and, and we spoke about it earlier. A noose is a noose, man. A noose is something that's clearly identifiable. So we, now we're coming out a couple days later saying it was just a garage door pull string. Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes zero sense to me. Now, none of the blame really is deserved for Bubba Wallace. Um, it has now come out that he didn't even see the noose, or the noose, I should say, with air quotes. Um, he didn't report it. Somebody in his camp reported it, it seems like. Um, but it, it's kind of hard to, because prior to the show, we were pretty upset and we were, we were getting ready to go off on the racist guy that was in NASCAR that was doing this to NASCAR's only black driver. And now we're, it was a non-story essentially is what we're finding out. Yeah, and I can, I can totally understand where Bubba Wallace's crew came out and they said, you know, they believe that it was a noose intentionally put there. Because last week he did drive the Black Lives Matter car and he got the Confederate flag taken out of all tracks. So I can see where they thought, you know, this was intentional. Somebody placed that there for to scare him or for intimidation purposes. But now that it came out, and you know me, I almost came out and used a lot of uh, choice words starting with F, before this report came out on Tuesday. And and exactly. We were sitting there talking about how we might have to put a not-safe-for-work warning on on every single post we put because we were that heated about the situation. We were that caught off guard and just disgusted with the situation. And for it to turn out to be a non-story, I don't want to say 
I'm disappointed that it's a non-story because I'm I'm very excited that it's a non-story. Mm-hmm. There's not a racist guy threatening the life of Bubba Wallace, so it's a great thing that it's a non-story. But for us to be almost misled, um, especially with something that's so clearly identifiable as a noose, we both were thinking very thick rope. Um, with the three things, it tightens as it pulls tighter. Um, not just a circle um, tied into a garage door hole so they could put their hand in it and pull it mm-hmm. rather than pull on a string. Yeah. Um, so so kind of disappointing. Um, I just don't know really at this point who to blame with them already, they, them already saying that Bubba Wallace didn't see it, he didn't report it, he didn't know about it until he was told about it. Yeah, I... Like we said before we went on, I, I, I thought somebody had put it where his car was going to be, you yeah. know, hanging there like, you know, this is for you. And like you said, I'm, I'm extremely happy that that was not the case. Yes. And to see what they did Monday going through uh, pit and every driver and every crew was walking behind Bubba's car and uh, Richard Petty even, he hasn't been to a race since COVID-19 hit. And he made, he made sure that he was there on Monday to support Bubba Wallace. Because Bubba Wallace is driving his 43 car. Yeah, yeah. and, and that, that's all I'm really trying to say about the Bubba, Bubba Wallace situation is, yes, it ended up being a non-story, but it's not on him. All that stuff he still deserved. He's with everything still going on outside of the noose or the fake noose or whatever you want to call it with everything still going on outside of that still a great show of the things you can do with the voice you have Mm -hmm. NASCAR predominantly a white sport. Um, There's no other way of arguing it. It's obviously probably 95% and 5%. So for them to be at the forefront of everything going on and seem to be the leaders in, se- in, in setting the curve about what you should do as an organization, um, it's been very good to see, outlawing the Confederate flag. Now, it did take them way too long to do it in the first place, but to see them do that, to see them do the push, to see the response to the noose, whether, even though it ended up being fake, to see that, to see Jimmy Johnson, to see, and all of those guys put together that video. For all of that to happen in a predominantly white sport, I think it's very big, and it shows a lot to other organizations and other professional sports leagues that you need to get your head out of your ass, basically. Like, like uh, Baker Mayfield said, yeah. you need to pull it out. Um, one thing I can say, though, is Bubba, at the end of the race, he went out and he made a statement in front of all the fans, and he did make a great point that, this sport is changing, and that's kind of uh, how 2020 has been going. I, obviously, there have been so many uh, unfortunate events, COVID-19, George Floyd, everything going on. But with those things going on, the unrest and everybody changing, I appreciate it. And I can appreciate, you know, because... At the end of the day, we're all human beings. Exactly. It's unfortunate it took a nine-minute suffocation of somebody on the side of the road mm. to, to, make it, to make people finally see it. 
it's unfortunate it took protests and riots and people breaking in things and stuff like that for white people to finally see that stuff. And I'm not here to argue race. I'm here to argue, like, what, what happened with NASCAR. Let's, let's move forward now. We've mm-hmm. got people talking about it, but don't stop. Continue. Yeah, right. Just because they figured out it wasn't an actual news, it wasn't a hate crime, that doesn't mean that Bubba and every other driver and every fan should not stop talking about this and, you know, uh, going about just equality. That's all I can really say. Exactly. The news was, was the bigger story because of what it was. But we're not even sitting here talking about the protest of people that drove along outside of the outside of the speedway mm-hmm. with Confederate flags all over and stuff like that to to protest NASCAR banning them. Yeah. We, we, we that happened this weekend and we couldn't talk about it because of the news thing. And now we had to bring light to the fact that it wasn't actually a noose. We didn't get a chance to talk about that a bunch of people put put Confederate flags on their freaking car outside of the speedway the other day and drove around to protest NASCAR banning them. So if you don't think racism is alive, continue to watch that. Yeah, it's Go very back. much alive. I, the best thing that I heard was on Monday before the race, they were talking on ESPN, and somebody brought up a good point. They saw this on Twitter, and they said, the Gilmore girls lasted longer than the Confederacy. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's got to I mean, put it like, I mean, if you're still waving, you know, the stars, and, not the stars and bars, but I mean, the Confederate flag. It, I mean, it's yeah. essentially wearing the Browns perfect season parade shirt, right? Yeah. It, you, you, you lost, bro. What, what are you prideful in? That you got your ass kicked? Is that, are, is that what you're prideful in? Yeah, I mean, well, that was the... <laughs> The perfect season parade was more of a anti-Haslam and Jackson. That was more what? of a, making a statement. These guys are just assholes that, yeah. that wear the Confederate flag shirts and the hats and all that. And even you, you have all these NASCAR drivers who were born in the South. They even say, like, why are you doing this still? We're all Americans. The Union kicked the shit out of, pardon my French, out of the uh, Confederacy. So... The- it, it's an afterthought, and I, I don't get it. And at a point, we're just going to have to just continue to harp on it and continue to talk about it, obviously, but we're also going to have to move forward in a better way. Uh, and that's really the end of it. Yeah. And Bubba Wallace, keep doing your thing. Keep preaching because you have changed NASCAR for the better. I, I truly don't know if you understand yet. How powerful your voice is, my man. Yeah. So we're going to change from NASCAR. We're going to go over to Major League Baseball on a kind of a brighter note. Yes, on a little brighter note. Um, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association finally came to an agreement on 60 games. Spring training starts July 1st. Season starts July 24th, that's three days before my 24th birthday, which is happy birthday to me. Baseball's back, baby. Baseball is back, man. I am so excited. 
Um, it really, at this point, seemed to have just been the full proration issue. They wanted to get fully paid for every single game they were going to play. And I can understand that, like I said a couple weeks ago. I understand wanting to get paid every damn dime you earned. I also understand there's a lot of different times right now, and that 80% might not be that bad compared to what other people are making, and the revenue lost and stuff like that, that 20% you lost, it might even it out and stuff like that. So I understood, I guess, the argument on both sides. Just very happy that MLB was like, all right, full pro Asian, 60 games. You let us know by today at 5 o'clock if you're going to show up. MLBPA today at 5 o'clock told them they're going to show up July 1st for training camp. Very excited to see it. Baseball is freaking back, bro. Look, anybody that knows the podcast or has listened to the podcast or anybody that knows me knows baseball is bay for me, as the kids would say nowadays. <laughs> baseball is my number one. I'm a season ticket holder to the Indians. Uh, this was kind of, uh, you know, one of the darker clouds over my spring and summer was not having baseball. And it's back. I can't be any more excited. Um, the only thing I want to know is, we've talked about this before on the podcast, is Francisco Lindor's contract. Does this count as a full year for him? Or? It 100% counts as a full year for him. Now, see, that's a little unfortunate. But other than that, I am so excited. I can't wait to see the tribe come back out. I can't. You know, I can't wait to watch live baseball again. Uh, yes, I've caught some KBO games, but it's not the MLB. It, it'll never be the MLB. It's the reason retired players go play overseas. It's because it's not the MLB. They could still make it over there. Uh, just elated, man. Excited. At a loss for words at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm the professional that's supposed to be here doing this and doing that and telling you how I feel. And I'm just at a loss for words because I'm so excited. Like, amped. It, 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 it made me jittery as soon as I seen it. Let's, let, let's fucking go. Excuse my French. <laughs> Pardon his French. Um, but, yeah, that, that's, you know, I'm, my number one is baseball. And I'm super excited. It's, it's been sad. Um, I was actually extremely angry and upset watching, you know, how – the MLB kept changing up the agreement with the MLBPA, and then they wanted all the money that was owed to the players, and it was just kind of like, look at the look at the NBA. They figured out how to finish the season out without any of these problems. And 2022 is when the, uh, the new agreement comes out, so there might even be a lockout in 2022, which I can't go that long without – a full season of baseball. Well, well, with as hostile as things got, it could have, it could very well get that hostile again. Very well. Um, they, they, they were literally at one point last Monday, were like, you know what, screw you guys. Yeah. Schedule us at full proration. We'll show up. Till then, don't even talk to us. Right. So for it to happen a little over a week later, to where we are back, and yeah, I'm a little disappointed that it's not till almost August. But we'll make that work. You know what I'm saying? I was, they get, they get that first couple weeks where like, the NBA is back, but it's not really gonna matter that much. It's gonna be, the only teams that are gonna really matter are Portland and New Orleans trying to get that eighth seed 
in the West uh, because the top seven teams are really figured out unless one of them, one of them in this in the six or seven fall out in the NBA. Baseball starting back, uh, the most competitive season you will ever have, you're ever gonna have at this point. Imagine, just think about it. Only 60 games to make yourself a playoff team. Any team can catch fire for a 60-game stretch. And any team can fall off for a 60-game stretch. You could have the World Series champions from, it was, who was last year? Uh, the, the Nationals. The Nationals. You could have the Nationals very well only go 500 and not make the playoffs just because they're, they don't start out well. Um, I think the Indians are going to be finally fully healthy for the first time ever starting a season. That's a very good thing. Uh, the break really helped the Indians because uh, they'll look at having Carrasco back. Clevenger was going to miss the start of the season if there was never a break. Uh, you were looking at your fourth-string pitcher being your day-one starter at that earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the break definitely helps the Indians start a season fully healthy. Um, my thing is is – how do we get back without one positive test shutting the entire season down? Yeah. Um, and that's the tough thing. Obviously, I want to see 182 games. But if right now they're only offering a 60, I'm going to take it. You know. Yeah, I'm taking as much baseball as you'll give me. Right. Give me I'm, a spoon, I'll heat up that yeah. baseball on it, you know. Yeah, it's... It's it's like a it's like the fix. Just stab me with it real quick. But the Indians usually they they come out at the beginning of the season and they're they're slow. They're slow to get to the top of the AL Central, and even the top of the AL. Yeah. Because they go straight from like how do you go from Arizona to May and Cleveland. Yeah, not even sure. Or March. March. March in Cleveland. Well, yeah, this year it was going to be extra early, but March in Cleveland compared to Arizona is very much night and day, hot and cold. In Arizona, it's not even a thought unless it somehow rains. In Cleveland, like 90% chance you're not playing that game and it's going to be rescheduled. Yeah. Rain, just, snow. Rain, yeah, rain. Uh, it snows till May here. Uh Shoot, sometimes it's even cold enough in June to snow. It's just not raining at the time. So the two differences, and they've always been a slow-starting team, but with them starting in July, in the middle of of July in Cleveland, uh, I don't really see that that kind of cold stretch where they have to adjust to the the cold temperature because – it it does seem like once once the weather gets out and it starts getting warmer, they mm-hmm. they start becoming the team they were. They, they they typically look good in spring training, and then they start three and seventeen or some shit like that. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, <laughs> trust me, it's uh, it's kind of hard to be an Indians fan at the beginning of the season. Obviously, I still watch every game. I still go to every game I have tickets for, but it is kind of hard to watch them because you know their potential, you know where they're going to be, and you know like. As soon as it gets, you know, that Cleveland, Ohio, 85 degrees, 90% humidity, <laughs> you know they're going to do good. Yeah. And baseball weather, man. Yeah. Once it becomes baseball weather, weather, they're an entirely different team. And that's the thing. 
they can't afford a slow start this year because if they go through a slow stretch like they normally do, the season's halfway over and there's not enough time to make that comeback. I think, I personally think with the start so late, you know, obviously almost into August, three days before my 24th, if you want to send anything to me, you can. But, uh, yeah, with with where they're starting at, I think they're going to be okay. Um, it might take them probably five games to get back into where they were when they left spring training after COVID-19 hit. But that's where they, that's where they uh, excel is in the hot weather in Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. Reiterating just the same stuff. Do the Indians make the playoffs this year? Um, yes. I think they do too. I think, especially if if it looks like it's going to be Francisco Lindor's last sixty games as an Indian, he's going to play his heart out. J Ram is going to want to do everything he can to make sure that Lindor gets his World Series before he leaves Cleveland. Santana's going to have a pretty decent year. Uh, he seems to be only be able to play well in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And like I said, starting this year with a fully healthy pitching staff is going to be very key for them because top to bottom, Indian, the Indians still have one of the top staffs in the league that of pitchers. So I was reading online – Yes, the pitching staff, that's what we need. That We won 93 games last year with Clevenger getting injured, Carlos Carrasco getting leukemia, being diagnosed with leukemia, and Clevenger pulling his back and pulling all those different muscles. Yeah. So if, like, yeah, uh, Your four, Bieber five, came out. Guys. Yeah, Bieber came out and won All-Star MVP. But your four, five, and six guys ended up being your one, two, and three. Bieber being your ace throughout the middle in the, during the middle of the season, just because he won that All Star MVP, and then they had to roll with him. Like you said, no Kluber, no Carrasco, no Clevenger, and mm. then even then you can't throw Bieber a hundred times. You can't throw Clev- you can't throw Plesac a hundred times. Savali, um, they don't have the bullpen they used to have. It's so like yes. They do have one of the best rotations in the league, but it has to be healthy for it to be that. Yeah. If it's not healthy, if if it's not healthy, obviously they're they have depth in the starters, but then they lose depth in the bullpen if if their if their starting rotation isn't healthy, because then you're throwing random people mm-hmm. in there to for, to start. Toss them in, you know, in the fourth, fifth, yeah. sixth inning. When they shouldn't even be coming in until maybe the sixth or seventh. Yeah, because you have a starting pitcher throwing a game, that, and he's just not even ready to be in the bigs at this point. It's it's unfortunate. I'm glad to see they're healthy. Glad baseball is back. But speaking of things being back, Andre Drummond said on the Levitard and Friends podcast this morning that he plans to resign with the Cleveland Cavaliers and pick up his player option of $26.4 million. The Cavs finally have that star big man. And no, don't argue with me because Kevin Love was not a star big man. He's a power forward. I'm talking a true center, a guy that borderline can't make a darn free throw, but he's going to dominate down low. But is he is he the baby daddy to a Kardashian kid? I don't give a damn if he's the baby daddy. <laughs> 
baby daddy to a Kardashian kid. Because if you look at the half the people those people dated, they've ruined all of them. That Reg, is true. Reggie Bush was a fine running back in the NFL until he dated Kim. The Saints were a fine team in the NFL until Reggie Bush dated Kim. They were defending champions until Reggie Bush dated Kim. Uh, Chloe's been through four different people. Look it, at Lamar. Lamar freaking <laughs> killed himself with cocaine and hookers. So, with Drummond coming to the Cavs, what are your expectations for them next season? Uh, I don't I, I don't necessarily. Put, put it into perspective that it is a young team. They're in the rebuilding process. This happens every time LeBron leaves. This time, it didn't leave such a sour taste in her mouth as when he took his talents to South Beach. But keep in mind, we got young guys. We have Larry Nance Jr., who is a legacy because of his father in Cleveland. Yeah. So uh, where do you find us next year? I'm not going to say they're going to take a significant jump because, like you said, they're still young. But with we never even really got to see Drummond become a staple of that Cavaliers offense. They, they got him a couple weeks later. The season was over. Yeah. Uh, a little over a month. The, the trade deadline was early February. By mid-March, the season was over. Um, so, like, I don't think he ever got settled into his role. Andre Drummond is a superstar. Yeah, If, if he was in the backcourt and had his skill set with, with a jumper, he'd be a superstar in this league. Now, he's a superstar center slash power forward, whatever the hell you want to call him, but I think he's more of a center. So, yes, I do think, like, they have that guy in Kevin Love – can play the four and mix well with him. And then they've got the young backcourt. I, I really like Kevin Porter Jr. I think if Sexton learns to uh, learns better offensive IQ in terms of passing the ball and anticipating what's going to happen with the defender, like, yeah, he's he obviously can score. Yeah. I'm not denying that, that Colin Sexton can score, but I don't necessarily need that point guard to score 30, 40 points every single game. But Kevin Porter Jr., I really like. Um, I also think they need to kind of – I like Chetty too, but I also think they need to kind of tell themselves he's not your number three. He's not your starting small forward. He's not good enough to be a starting small forward. He's good enough to be in the NBA, I'll give him that, as a role player, as a role player like he was on, the, on, mm-hmm. on, LeBron, on LeBron's team. But he's not good enough to be your starting small forward. Yeah, no, he's definitely – like you said, he's good enough to be in the NBA – but he's definitely coming off the bench. Yeah. On any other team, he's coming off the bench. Any other team. And, I, I mean, I can't blame him. They don't really have anybody in that spot right now. And that's why I say, like, I think they'll take a step up, but don't expect them to be over 500. Uh, yeah. They might take a shot at the eighth seed, um, but that's just because normally the eighth seed in the East isn't even a 500 team. Yeah. It, they're 36 and 50-something. They're not 41 and 40. They're, they're, they have they don't win forty one games. Yeah, and um, like we like I just said about uh, LeBron when he went down to South Beach, who did we get? Kyrie. Yeah. So you got to let these young guys develop, just like they should with Sexton, Porter Jr., Garland, all those guys. Let those guys develop. Don't pressure them into being like, oh, you have to, you know, who's going to take the throne because LeBron's gone. Just sit back, 
relax. It's going to be a few seasons until we're over 500. When, when LeBron announced he was going to be a Laker, I wasn't that upset. But if you would have told me the Cavaliers are sitting how they are right now, I would have been completely fine. I understand they're not going to be a championship contender, but they are 100% 10 times more well-off than they were two years removed from the last time he left. Oh, absolutely, because all they had was Kyrie. That was it. Yeah. Kyrie was just floating around doing his own thing, and I think that's one of the reasons why Kyrie left, because he couldn't handle LeBron coming back, because to Kyrie, that was his team, you know? Yeah. But in all reality, the Cavs will always be LeBron James's team. Kyrie was a 19-year-old kid with one year at Duke that was handed the keys to a kingdom of one of the greatest superstars of all time. Yeah. Who... Who, who that they just lost? How could he ever hand those keys back to that guy? Right. Not not anybody. That mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. How can I ever be on this team when, or the face of this team, or a big part of this franchise when I had to hand the keys back to the guy they didn't want over? They didn't want me over in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if absolutely they had to redo it, screw Kyrie. LeBron's a Cavalier for his life. Right. If they had to redo it. So I, I get his mentality. Like you said, how can I play second fiddle when I was at 19 handed the keys to this kingdom? Right. And it was a very big kingdom at the time. Yeah, he had some big shoes to fill. And the way Kyrie is, Kyrie is one of the nastiest. He has the nastiest handles. One of the, in the, the best ball hander in the NBA probably. And as you guys know from our intro, the shot, the shot over Steph. Yeah, over in 16. Yes. I'll never, like, I, I was upset when he left, but I will never badmouth Kyrie. Thank you for delivering the title. Thank you, LeBron, for delivering the title. Thank you to all 13 members of that team. I still keep the picture hung up in the room. Uh, we're, we're a little after the four-year anniversary of the parade. Uh, yesterday was that. But let's move forward. Speaking of big paydays, go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off real fast. Cut me off. Do what you need to do. Because breaking news from ESPN, I just saw that one of our mentors and our teachers from Ohio Media School, Daryl Ryder, from 92 through the fan, just posted this from ESPN. Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger says he has overcome alcohol and porn addiction. Haven't we all? Look, I, I understand, you know, alcoholism and stuff like that, but the porn addiction, like, I, I get it, you're a guy. Every guy, you know, Every indulges. Indulges. <laughs> but don't lie to me and say you never have. Uh, every guy indulges. Uh, it's just, it's it's part of the, of being born this way. Uh but the whole thing is, like, I I think you know, we've had conversations before. I think every guy's ever, you know when to turn the porn off. Well, it, it gets, gets to, to a point, point where it's yeah, just it disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, what the hell am I looking at at this point? Then you feel bad and you got to do ten Hail Marys. Yeah, I, <laughs> I start preaching and thanking God that I'm alive and, that I'm, and then I apologize and I'm sorry. And right. It, like, I mean... I, I'm not going to crack on the dude. I, I, I ain't going to crack on alcoholism. Uh, it's a real thing. It's something I could see 
uh, through his demeanor being uh, being very true, um, just knowing the way he moves around, the way he acts and stuff like that, Ben Roethlisberger, that being, um, that, that could have been very true. Um, so I'm not going to crack on alcoholism. Ha- uh, happy that he beat it as a human. Uh, I could put aside the fact that he's the Steelers quarterback um, for a minute. That Happy that he beat yeah, alcoholism. Yeah, totally. For that, yeah. congratulations, Ben. Yeah, congratulations. That wasn't sarcasm uh, yeah. either. That yeah, was for real. Oh, 100%. I, we, could put, we could put aside the alcoholism. But the important thing, but the porn uh, thing is a little ridiculous. My thing is, is why does it even need to be mentioned? Like, obviously, maybe he felt like that's what he was going through, um, and and I'm I I'm I'm trying not to be insensitive to the fact because I'm sure there are people that feel like they go through that. Um, I would just say that it's a normal thing to do. Yeah, I mean, unless you're like Quagmire. I was gonna say unless it got so bad where you were. Touching yourself twenty four seven, and that might be not be too PC. Kellen but Winslow, yeah. Junior. Um, unless it be, and then, and then not even to go into like previous stuff with Ben, but unless it becomes a problem where then you're acting on that to other people, yeah, that's when it becomes a problem. But if it's just yourself, um, I would say it's normal. Yeah, any guy, any guy. Yeah, for any guy. Maybe even some girls. Uh, Who knows? For, I don't, for a lot of girls, uh, I'm sure. I don't know girls that much, though. Don't so. The stigma on porn I don't think is that bad or should be that bad because it's a normal thing to watch. Um, pay for it or don't pay for it. I don't care. Oh, <laughs> At that point. I don't pay for it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily <laughs> either. I don't necessarily either, but by all means, this, that went off trail. Uh, all right, sorry about that. So... Speaking of paydays, I'm going to toss it over to my main man, Brendan, because this is his, these are his boys. All right, my boys uh, finally got Dak Prescott to sign the dang franchise tag. $31.4 million this year for Dak Prescott. Um, Now, while I think that's probably the number he should be playing at for the next five years, um, because I'll sit here and tell you, I think Dak probably deserves somewhere around $30 million with the way the market is. Um, but the fact that he's asking for $40 million a year, um, no way, Dak, good riddance. Uh, I'll, I'll gamble on a quarterback next year in the draft um, if, if you don't get a contract figured out. I love Dak to death. He, he, he's consistent. He's not going to make bad mistakes. He's not going to take you out of games. He's the complete opposite of what we had for 10-plus years with Tony Romo. The, he's the complete opposite of take a chance. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. Uh, he's consistent. He's not – He's, he's a game manager. He's, he's Alex Smith with legs. That was bad wording. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was yeah, very that was, bad was wording. Say, he's Alex Smith that can run. Too soon. Yeah. Alex Smith. That was very bad wording. Uh, sorry, Alex Smith, uh, if, you, if you see this. But uh, he's Alex Smith in terms of what Alex Smith can do to a game. Um, but Dak can take off and run. Uh, as you know, Alex Smith wasn't a very good runner throughout his career. Um, let me clarify myself so I can not cancel myself on my own damn podcast. <laughs> uh, but getting back to Dak, uh, I, I don't know, like, it's, it's hard because he's been given this embarrassment of riches. It's Ezekiel Elliott. Now they, they went and got Amari Cooper for him. Michael Gallup looks like a very solid number two. Could be a number one on some teams. 
Uh, that defense plays really good when they're not on the field 24-7. Um, so I'll say, okay, I'm glad you took the $31.4 million this year. But if you want me to be okay with you getting $40 million a year next year, win me a damn Super Bowl. End of story. If not, Dustin Crum, how would you like to be a Dallas Cowboy? Up top. Like, seriously, uh, any Dustin Crum uh, is probably one of the – I mean, it's it, look, at, look at the awards list already. He's up there uh, playing at Kent State. Speaking of Kent State, coming to you live from the Kent stage. And you know what? That's the perfect time to do it. Hey, I know Father's Day is over. I know Mother's Day is over, but maybe you have a relative, father, sister, mother, brother – who's been to a show recently at the Kent Stage, and they would like to uh, have a poster of it. Go to kentstageposters.com. That's kentstageposters.com. You can get any of your posters from any of the shows at the Kent Stage. Just go to kentstageposters.com. Very good website. Uh, I've been able to check it out a little, a little earlier. I, got it, I was able to check it out a little earlier than everybody else. My man Ethan right here was able to help develop it. Uh, KentStagePosters.com. Check it out. Find, like you said, anything you've ever attended to at Kent. Uh, you want that me memento for whether it be yourself, your father, anybody living, breathing that you know, want to get a gift for. End of story. Any given podcast is the first person to tell you. Go to KentStagePosters.com and help my man Ethan out with that beautiful website he created. It's almost as uh, beautiful as my face. It's a little better than his face. <laughs> yeah, it is probably a lot more beautiful than my face. It's sleek. It's personal. You're going to find it. But if, if you find uh, my man's face appealing, I'm not going to knock you. Hit him up. Go to, like, episode three. I give my email out. Yeah, check out, like, the first three episodes of season <laughs> two. You, could fit, you know how to get a hold of the man. Uh, if not, hit him up on Twitter. Uh, you've, got our twi you've got our Twitters, everything like that. <laughs> Uh, so, so there's that. What else we got on the agenda for us today, my man? Alrighty, NFL. The seven teams from each conference that will make it to the playoffs. Uh, seven teams from each conference that will make it to the playoffs because of the new format? Yeah. Right? All right, so we got our four division winners uh, and then our three. Do you, are we going to do seeding or you want to just do the seven teams? Just do the seven teams. Let's just do the seven teams. Uh, in no order, uh, we'll go by division, and then we'll give the three wild card teams. We'll go, we'll go back and forth. Does that sounds? Let's let's start with the AFC West because it's easy. The Kansas City Chiefs are gonna fucking win the AFC West. Yeah, that's just a I fact. Can't, yeah. I can't I can't say yeah. anything else. Uh, the Charger Tyrod Taylor's not gonna win the AFC West uh, for the Chargers. Uh, D Derek Carr probably has the second best shot in that division. And the, 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 the Vegas Raiders aren't going to win that division either. Yeah. Uh, who else is it? Denver? Uh, they think they have their Drew quarterback in Drew, Drew yeah. Locke, but still just not going to win that division. Uh, and th that's kind of why I started with the AFC West because there's no argument there. Uh, the AFC East possibly could be the biggest argument for anybody. Um, so I'll let you go ahead and give your pick, and then I'll counter you. Or, I, I'm going Bills. Okay. Um, why? Best team in the East. Uh, they have a great quarterback, great defense. They've been building all offseason 
just building, adding. They were building in the draft. I, they're just the best team, I think. I, I don't think that Tua is going to do anything for Miami. Uh, Sam Darnold, I might just be biased because I'm a Baker guy, but Sam Darnold, I don't find him very appealing as a quarterback. And unless, unless the Patriots put Brian Hoyer at starting quarterback – Stidham is not going to do anything, and the Patriots aren't going to do anything. And I would like to disagree with you and say the Patriots because I think the same way. I think Hoyer could run that run Belichick's system efficiently enough for Belichick to win football games. I'm going to say the Bills as well, as well because of all the things you said. First of all, they darn near won the thing last year with mm-hmm. Brady still in New England. Um I probably would bet on Tua before I bet on Sam Darnold. Yeah. Uh, so if I didn't pick the Bills because I don't want to bet on Stidham, who seemingly is going to be the starting quarterback of the Patriots, um, I would say the Dolphins. Honestly, I just don't think Tua is going to give them that big of a jump. Uh, but it's, to me, expect the AFC East to probably be the worst division in football. Yeah, just because, I mean – Nobody can compete with the Bills. Well, yeah, everybody is getting, like, and even then expect the Bills to not win many games outside of the division. And I was so happy that the Bills this year drafted Sammy Watkins. Wait, is it not 2014 anymore? (laughs) I was like, Sammy Watkins, what the? I was like, that was forever ago. He's on Kansas City, man. All right, where are we going next? Uh, We'll finish, we'll go AFC South. Uh... I'll go first. I'm going to go with uh, the Houston Texans. Yeah. I I think taking away that star receiver is going to help Deshaun Watson. I know it sounds absurd. Taking away one of the best receivers in the league is going to help somebody. But I think he targeted DeAndre Hopkins too much. I think it took away half their offense. It had, it it had him running for his life. Um, just when you're staring down one receiver, it, it's a problem. But I think this year, like I'm not saying that Hopkins was ever the problem. I just think that Deshaun Watson is going to take a step forward. Okay. I was trying to look up the stats, how many – the completion rating from uh, Watson to Hopkins. Um, I'm going Titans. I've been on the Titans train. You know yeah, that. Uh, well, and – a very successful AFC championship run last year. Ryan Tannehill, born July 27th. And, I mean, if, if they don't run into a powerhouse Kansas City team, very well could have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. They were better than the 49ers. That's a fact. You, you line up the Titans and the 49ers. I'm taking Derrick Henry over Mostert, over that, oh, commi- yeah. that entire committee. And that's towards the end of that year – that's all the Niners did. Yeah. NFC Championship game, Jimmy Garoppolo threw three passes. I'm taking Tannehill over Garoppolo, too. Tannehill's a – he's a seasoned vet. He was down in Miami, you know, then he went to Tennessee. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking Tannehill over Garoppolo if it was Titans 49ers. Uh, yeah, and I can understand that, too. So, we've got three teams, finally the AFC North. I don't even have to say it. The Baltimore Ravens. No, 
I was going to say the Cleveland Browns. I know. You're saying the Browns. I'm saying I the know. Ravens. Well, they, they probably didn't hear me over the microphone. When I know I, you're, when I lifted yeah. up my Browns shirt. I know you're saying the Browns. I'm sitting here saying the Baltimore Ravens are winning the North. Think we'll get we'll get to we'll get to why. I just think like I think the Browns are going to make a significant step up. I just think that division is going to be one of the toughest in football. Yeah, and it's going to go hit or miss. And I think the Ravens and Browns will split games. Uh. Same like they did last year. Yeah, I think yeah. they'll split games. Uh, I think the Browns might might even be able to beat every single other team. Sweep, clean sweep, Steelers and Bengals. Uh, I think the Ravens finish somewhere around eleven and five. I think the Browns finish somewhere around ten and six. Okay, I mean I'll take it. I'm just saying, overall, the Browns are a better team. On paper, if Stefanski could put it together. The Browns can be the better team. And you know what? I've said this so many times. When they hired uh, Hugh Jackson, I was a Hugh Jackson fan when they hired him. Not when it came down to game time. Yeah. But when they first hired him, I was a fan. And then they really dropped the ball with Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens. Greg Williams was going to bring the structure that the Cleveland Browns needed. Freddie Kitchens was like, as long as you show up to practice, kind of. Right. He was pretty much a high school coach. As long as you show up to practice, as long as you've got that name recognition, you're gonna get the PT. You don't have to worry about anything else. That's uh, and we should have seen it, right? We should have seen the thing where Hugh, Hugh was like, well, on Hard Knocks, where he was like, well, you let me coach my way, and like obviously Hugh's way wasn't working. But Freddie Kitchens was advocating for sitting out and letting Duke Johnson do whatever the whatever the hell he wanted. First of all, Duke Joe Thomas when he was on the Browns, okay, if he wanted to sit out training camp, by all means, he's mm. he's a Hall of Famer, certified Absolutely. Hall of Famer, first yeah. ballot Hall of Famer, not even in question. What has Duke Johnson done, man? Duke Johnson was a good slot receiver. Good slot receiver, but not a Hall of Famer. No. Not even a thought to be a Hall of Famer. Have you seen what he's done down in uh, Houston? Exactly. Not a darn thing. And I drafted him in like the third or fourth round on my fantasy team last year. Not a darn thing down in Houston. And and that's what the argument they were having is Duke Johnson, Freddie was telling him that he deserves to sit out. And Hugh was like, no, if you're healthy, you need to be on the field. Yeah. So one time I'll sit here and tell you I agree with Hugh. I was going to say, let's not let's not start saying Hugh Jackson was coach of the year. No, because he, he seemingly is the hottest commodity in, uh, commodity in Cleveland media right now, and he just blows himself. Yeah, I don't. Hugh Jackson is the only coach in the world that thought everything that everyone tells him after the fact he was supposed to do, he'll sit in here and tell you that he was supposed to do it. Everyone after the fact, oh, the Browns should have signed Colin Kaepernick. Hugh, oh, I really wanted Colin Kaepernick. Oh, the Browns should have picked uh, Carson Wentz. I really wanted Carson Wentz. No, you didn't. You wanted Cody Kessler in the dumb third, darn third round. Right, lying through his teeth. Cody Kessler, he had, he had more potential than Deshaun Kaiser, but were either of them worthy enough to be drafted? I don't ex- think so. Ex- Kaiser probably would have got drafted just because of Notre Dame. But even then, he at most he won eight games at Notre Dame. Yeah. Like he never had, he had a, a good losing. Team. He had a losing record in college, and was still drafted. 
Yeah, exactly. You know who wasn't drafted? I see it. It's on the tip of your tongue. Brian Hoyer was not drafted. Oh, I was he like, had a winning record. I was at like Michigan a lot State. of people, man. I don't know who you're trying you to should know. You should have known. I should have known at that point. Uh, I was trying to go every single name, but that's your four teams in the AFC AFC divisions. Give me your three playoff, three wild card teams. Oh, wild card teams. Uh, definitely the Texans. I think. Uh, Texans. Um, Just whoever doesn't win that AFC South, basically, is what that one is. Except for the Colts. Colts won't be in there. Yeah, of the top two teams. The te- yeah. I picked the Texans to win. You picked the Titans to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I'm, I'm, I'm going to – I'll sit here and tell you I have the Titans as one of my wild card teams. Um, I'd probably say the Dolphins could be in there, possibly. Okay. Just because – Tua, let's see what Tua does. If they start off the season half with Fitzy and then switch to Tua, who knows? Don't, uh, I'm not riding on that, um, but I'm just, you know, tossing it out there. And then I would probably have to go with, um, for the third team. Oh, wow. Um, I... I don't want to say it. Say it. I don't want to say it. Just say it, because it's... It, it, the Chargers. Oh, I didn't think that's where you were going to go. did not think that's where you were going to go. Where do you think I was going to go? Baltimore. No. Or... Oh, I, oh, well, oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I guess Baltimore. If I'm saying... If I'm taking the Browns, then yes, You're taking of course. the Browns to win of the division. Course, yeah, you, of course, Baltimore's going to be there. I'm thinking the second place team in the AFC North wins, right? Yeah. Now I told you I th- I, t- I took I'm taking Baltimore to win the North. The Browns are going to be that first playoff that first wild okay. card team. The Steelers are going to be that second wild card team, and the Titans are going to be that third wild card team. Okay. The so AFC we're... North is going to send three teams this year. Okay. The Steelers have a fairly easy schedule. They get to play the Bengals twice. I just. I just like I, I maybe not because I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is going to be who he is. So like maybe if I don't put the Steelers in, I could see like you said the Dolphins possibly, or because really if you don't pick the Steelers, you got to start looking at those two through four teams and on the other divisions. But I, I'd take them over Oakland, who I would say is or I mean Las Vegas, who I would say is arguably the second team, second best team in the West. Uh, I'm taking them over any other team not named the Buffalo Bills in the East. Uh, and then in the North, obvious, in the South, uh, we've already got those two teams. Oh. I think they're, they'll be better than the Colts. I was just saying the Chargers because not only do they have their backup, but they have Tyrod, and possibly they're looking at either Kaepernick or Cam Newton. If, if the Chargers end up signing Cam, which I've been advocating for for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. I think very well they're probably in the wild card playoffs. That's what I – that's why I said it. Like, I didn't want to say it because – The, the like, Chargers on paper are one of the most talented teams in the, in the league. Yeah. They just don't have a quarterback now. Yeah. And, it, and which is why I'm very skeptical about the Colts because what the hell did Rivers do last year in, in, in L.A.? Um, to to get, first of all to get the money he got, 
Second of all, to be confident in him being their number one. Philip Rivers is going to get a gold jacket, though. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think stats, like, obviously, but, like, there's a lot of people in the Hall of Fame I'm sh- that haven't won a, won, a, won a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So I think he's a certified Hall of Famer as well because if you look at it, he's top five, top ten all time in everything. Mm-hmm. In everything. In, in games played, in, in completions, in, in yards, in touchdowns. Philip Rivers is and was at one point an elite quarterback. Yeah. He just never won the big one. Some of those Chargers teams he took pretty far, and a lot of the Chargers teams he took farther than they should have gone. I think just the fact, just the years where it was Philly and LT yeah. running the offense yeah. and Antonio Gates, yeah. shouts out Kent State. Shout out Kent State. Those uh, three, when they were running the offense, they should have won a Super Bowl. It was a great. That and they was had a great team. Seau and stuff too, and and that team was so good. I would arguably say back then they were my third favorite team outside of the Browns Cowboys. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is after that LT team, the best team Philip Rivers had around him was the last two years. Right, Melvin Gordon and- with Gordon and. Keenan Allen and Will, Tyrell Williams and they had that uh, tight end too. What the hell was his name? Oh, um, was it Hurst? Hayden Hurst or was it Hunter Henry? Hunter. Hunter Henry. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, he was pretty good too. Uh, so since uh, since the LT Gate, LT Antonio Gates, uh, Philip Rivers team that went to the AFC Championship game, the last two years were probably. I would say, arguably, Philip Rivers' most talented team around him. Uh, obviously, he always has had Gates. Gates just retired recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gates hasn't been Gates for five years now. Yeah. Um, and well, he's had knee problems, shoulder problems, all that. And he played, he played forever. Yeah. Uh, as a tight end, that's hard to do. Uh, and then, other than that, he never really had a – at, at a point, they were picking scraps from the Browns. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Travis Benjamin was signed to be one of their number one receivers. I'm not a fan of Travis Benjamin. After well, he left, no, that's, that's after what the I'm 14th saying. season, that I'm not like I'm not like I, – I don't have any bad blood to him, but, like, he wasn't a number one receiver. He was a return guy, and he wasn't even that good at that. He was just ridiculously fast. Yeah. He didn't have vision. I know. Like, why would you leave? The, I, I mean, I get the paycheck, but, like, he should have just stayed on the Browns. He would have been, like, uh, Hawkins or one of those guys, you know. Because Hawkins is going to go down as one of, you know, maybe not. He's going to be, like, uh, how can I put this? Andrew Hawkins played a year and a half for the Browns, and he's probably one of the most famous Browns there is. Right? Because he's, he's on a podcast with Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas. The greatest left tackle in NFL history. Man, I seen him the other day on that Titans games. Joe Thomas is looking good, bro. Dude, he's shredded. He went from slightly smaller to me than to skinnier than you. 
Yeah, I know. Like, he's like, like what he's the, like ripped too. Like, like, what the heck, Joe Thomas? Slightly smaller than than me, to freaking smaller than you. And he he did that Titans game, Titan games, and ended up winning. And although I did watch more Titan games the other day, and this chick made Joe Thomas look like a little girl, <laughs> uh, pulling that three hundred pound ball or whatever with the sledgehammer attached to it, she just turned around and freaking. Joe Thomas threw it over his shoulder and was struggling. She turned around and she did like the backpedal thing and mm-hmm. it looked like she was just. I guarantee Joe Thomas, though, in his NFL days, he could have done that no problem. Yeah, I'm sure Joe Thomas is just only probably at most 170 pounds right, right. now. But it's mostly muscle. Though. It's all muscle. It's 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 all muscle. He's but when he, when he was, you know, on the, you know, three knuckles deep down on the. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he, yard was, he was. Yeah, yeah he, he, was, he was bulky. Uh, and, yeah, it's not like he did bad. He won. Yeah. He won the entire episode, I should say. I, I've only ever seen two episodes. I don't 100% know how it works. Uh, getting about an hour now, my man. You want to go to the NFC, or do you want to wait till next week for the NFC? Um, yeah, let's wait till next week. Give you guys something to look forward to next week. NFC, the seven NFC playoff teams that we think, I'll give you a hint, the Eagles are going to finish third in the division. Oh, I was, I was giving the Redskins chop. Redskins <laughs> chop. The Washington chop. Haskins is coming in. But uh, Haskins is coming in. Please put Haskins in. That means I'll get a couple interceptions from, like, Jalen Smith or something. All right, well, you can follow me on – Twitter at ETH Simpson CGOD, or you can follow me on Instagram at ETH Simpson. You can follow my main man, Brandon Ward. You can follow me on Twitter at BWardCLE. Follow me on Instagram at B.Ward52. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Podcast Given. On Instagram at Any Given Podcast. On Facebook, Facebook.com slash Any Given Podcast. And please subscribe to the YouTube people. Please. We, we get the views. Just click subscribe. Takes two seconds. Make a fake, make a fake email. Make I'm it. not even. You've already got the darn account. You're viewing the darn videos. How do we get 40 views but five fucking subscribers? Excuse my <laughs> friends. Come on. <coughs> Tell your friends. Pass it along. I mean, listen to the man. He's, he's sitting over. He's begging you. Come on, I'm please. begging you. Please. Give us the clout we deserve. You know we're good. <laughs> All right, guys. As I always say, God bless. Stay blessed. Sign up. You always talking about it. You never making no profit. Treat my hoes like an option If she talking and get out of pocket I'm living life like a rock star Pulling up stretch limousines So look at me, that cost a fee The double C's all on my feet You always talking about it, yeah You always talking about it You say that you're rubbing the body, yeah But I see that you got a body Living life like a rock star Pulling up stretch limousines So look at me, that cost a fee Them double C's all on my feet your rest against mine, that shit pedophiles If you tryna get so physical That 4-5 will make you invisible I'm living my life like a criminal I caught it
shit first for the A We quiet, there's no one to blame Yeah, my lawyer said we beat the case I'm living my life celebration I'm thinking the Lord, I got patience I'm loving the way that she take it I've been in, I fold it, I pit back She bringing it back just to prove it I'm giving her work just to move it Yeah, I'm living the life that I'm choosing Yeah, I'm getting these rocks getting stupid yeah. You always talking about it Private. I treat my hoes like an option She talking and get out of pocket I'm living life like a rock star Pulling up stretch limousine So look at me, that cost a fee The double C's all on my feet You always talking about it, yeah You always talking about it You say that you're rapping the body, yeah But I see that you got a body Living life like a rock star Pulling up stretch limousine So look at me, that cost a fee Them double C's all on my feet Pull up with a drone like I'm Tommy Lee Yo, we got a stick, ain't no rock with me Million wrist, ain't no rocks on me I'm pretty as fuck, wanna copy me I heard you was mad cause I'm popping this shit I'm popping the paint and I'm popping that bitch I hop out the plane and went straight to the whip I know they can see I think that's really cool if you ask Nobody roll, cuttin' it back at a candy roll I lower my lawyer cost, I hate when I run out smoke Pull up to the party, y'all, yeah, we like the party, y'all I finish the bottle, dog, get this bitch jumpin' on Mario Still shit so hard Talking and get out of pocket. I'm living life like a rock star, pulling up stretch limousine. So look at me, that cost a fee. The double C's all on my feet. You always talking about it, yeah. You always talking about it. You say that you're rapping about it, yeah. But I see that you got a body. Living life like a rock star, pulling up stretch limousine. So look at me, that cost a fee. Them double C's all on my feet.